Footy Ado, the Delusional Soccer Podcast. Footy Ado, a soccer delusion shared by two brothers in close association. soccer podcast uh this is a special episode not gonna lie and it's uh it's it is because we are here with the the two guests on this show crying puppy in a cage that's an important guest that was a tough get uh but our booking agent pulled it off mm-hmm. and the star of hbo series ballers oh my gosh. is here to talk with me <laughs> what's up jared oh. Ballers, Ballers own. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm here again. I feel like we just just did this. We just recorded. It, it feels like it was 15 minutes ago, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, what are you gonna do, man? But like, um, what? Is, so, so tell me, Jared. Ballers, season five, episode seven. Seven, about nine minutes in. About nine minutes in, yeah. And then you you're in the shot from. Uh, nine minutes in the whole way, you're the main character, right? Yeah, that's it. It's actually like it's mostly, you know, Dwayne. Uh, I call him Dwayne because you know we work together. Uh, he's like the first nine minutes. Um, a lot of Russell Brand in that episode, um, but then it cuts to me, and then it's literally just me the rest of the way. Yeah, just no, a, no, but just a steady shot of your face. Yeah. You don't actually say anything. No, no, but you know that's. That's uh that's showbiz baby. That's that's background <laughs> oh, acting. Oh my god. Mm. Background acting does I mean even I like listen, my acting is background you can do. Background's my, my, all about being a My a, acting is subpar. But background background you can do. You I know, feel like I, mean, I could be a prop. Yeah, but you, <laughs> that's the yeah, that's the stage below it. It's like if you're so bad at acting, you can't even do background, they just make you a prop. Background you can do. You're in the background. It's mostly about, oh, people like the look of this person. We'll have them in the background. Oh, no. Never mind. No one likes the look of me. I wouldn't no. be good at that. Nah, you'd be fine. I, yeah, so with Ballers, I was I was supposed to be working at this, like, techie sports company. You know, they do, like, League of Legends, stuff like that, competitions. And I'm just in the background at, like, a coffee shop. And it was the first time uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson was, was on set. Um, it was also the first time I was on set. I had, they'd actually gotten messages multiple times about seeing if I could work on their sports X uh, shoots on that set um, for Ballers, but I was never available. And then finally, there was a day that worked, and I was like, "Finally, I can do it." And when I was when I was there, like, "Oh, it's it's Dwayne's." Uh, it's not. It was only their, it was their last shooting day, but it was also Dwayne's first day on set. So I was like, "Yes, pick the right day to do it." Um, but he walks by. I knew the camera was in a good spot, but I didn't realize it would actually focus in on me as much as it did. So that was that was a cool little surprise. There you go. Um, well, you know, congrats. Um, I know that uh, you know after this, you, you can't just do a, a little podcast anymore. Come on. No, oh, no. I mean, when did we record our last? When did we record our last footy do regular episode? Um, was it Tuesday or was it Monday? Uh, I think it was. Or did we it was Monday Sunday night, right after, uh, right we after Arsenal. Arsenal. We needed yeah. coffee, so yeah. we've recorded three episodes in the span of seven, seven days. Look seven at us go, days. man! I mean, we're 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 doing it. 
we're doing it. More, there's only more podcasts to come in, in our little network we're trying to build, which, you know, once the other podcasts start recording consistently, we're look out. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> it's over yeah. for you. It's over for you folks. All right, so uh, let's hop right, hop, skip right into the football. Um, and is that what this is? This it's Come. a little hop, little hop, little hop and a little skip. You know, a little skip to my. Sounds life. like a delayed leap into. Uh, Ooh, into referencing an old episode title. I like it. Yeah. Let's get delusional right from the start. I love that we're doing this. It's it really it it. I don't know why it took us so long to realize that this was what we should be doing. But, um, I had four choices of where I could get delusional really this week, um, as far as, um, the, the big topics that we're going to be talking about. No, like after, a a week where Spurs, uh, Man City and Manchester United all lose in matches they were expected to win. You don't want me saying, uh, all right. My focus is going to be on the Watford-Sheffield United nil-nil draw. Um, I don't think Kike Sanchez-Flores is going to make it to the end of the season. Like, that. that's not thats not exciting. No. It's a nil-nil draw. We're not going to... Quite frankly, I'm sad that I've even mentioned it as much as I have. Look, Marco Silva will get sacked for Everton and is going to get rehired at Watford. That I don't think is going to happen. But my real delusion is... Um, Mikel Arteta will be sitting in the manager's seat at the start of the 2020-2021 season for Manchester City. Favorite season, right? Oh, my least favorite season. There's so many 20s. For Manchester City, you think Mikel Arteta will be the manager starting next season? I do. Um, I don't think... not, Not that I don't think. Pep doesn't stick around very long. Um, this is what now his fourth season with City. Um, it's um, yes, going. Two, yeah, he's won the last two titles. Um, uh, you know, some people have the idea that oh, he's going to stay there until he wins the Champions League with him. That's that's not that's not true because it, it's not like that's what he's done. Like he won, he won with Barcelona. Yeah but then didn't win with Bayern and left for City. So I think that it's I think that he's going to want to move on uh at the end of the se- at the end of the season. Um and I think Mikel Arteta is next in line. I think there's a reason he's not really he, he hasn't taken a, a a manager's job of his own so far because if you're going to take if if you want the chance, the opportunity to be successful as a manager, why not do it at a club that's going to give you an endless amount of cash to buy whatever players you need to be successful? That is, that is very interesting. Because I think, I mean, the two, the two choices for him, the two clubs for him to manage um, in the Premier League, especially the Premier League top six, would be Arsenal or Manchester City. Yeah. And right now, where both teams are at, I know they're one point apart um, in the table, but where both teams are at uh, regards to their manager, I think it's way more likely that he goes somewhere like Arsenal after Emery's, uh, they, you know, Emery leaves. 
um, whether that's before the end of the season or at the end of the season or beyond that. It just feels more likely, but you do have make a good point with Pep not really um, staying in a place long. Where does Pep go then? Does he try Italy out? Does he does he take over say AC Milan and then you have the you have the Maurizio Sarri, Antonio Conte, uh, Carlo Ancelotti, and Pep Guardiola's? I mean, the super managers in in Italy now. Um, where does he go next? Where does he go from here? Um. PSG, I, you know, mm. uh, that's a team that has been... They're both on the same page, PSG and Pep. It's, like, all about yeah. PSG can't win the Champions League. It's like, oh, Pep can't win it without Barcelona. So, like, if they were... if That'd be a perfect scenario for both of them if he goes there and is able to win a Champions League um, with that squad. Yeah, but. so I, I do not think that we're going to see him go away, but... Like I said, he just doesn't he doesn't stick around, and it's starting to turn a little a little sour. Say, um, let's not be dramatic. I know it's only eight games into the season, um, and the you know the Champions League is probably their their number one focus. Um, but still, it's it's worrying form um, for City to not to not score at home against Wolves, who had been struggling until. Uh, a week or two ago. So, um, but good. Listen, they got a, uh, an away win in the Europa League against Besiktas. Um, not that Besiktas are the uh, toughest opposition, but it's certainly not an easy place to go and get three points, um, regardless of the quality of the squad. And then they go away to the Etihad, and not only do they win, but they win 2 0. It's two goals for Triore. They keep a clean sheet, um, and things are looking up for Wolverhampton. Yeah, yeah, they're. I mean, they're already up. They're up in eleventh. And you know, both both Triare go, goals assisted by Raúl Jiménez. Um, yeah, so, they, well, they were very similar goals. Yes, I mean Jiménez was more up and involved in the counterattack on the first goal. Yeah, he he, he had the ball a little bit longer. Yeah, and big for Triare. Triare, he is he is an electric player. Um, he was always very exciting, even when he was playing for Middlesbrough. But he never really had an end product. No, his. I, I think I saw someone post like his uh, FIFA Ultimate Team card, and it's like ninety-seven pace, shots sixty. Right, because he's he's a player who can he can dribble past anyone, but like, he really just is was poor in the shot. Um, those situations were nicely set up for him. I think those are. Pretty straightforward goals to score, but again, you still have to put them away. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe he's he's starting to find his his finishing touch because um, it can be, and which is good. It's, it can be incredibly frustrating to watch a player who has those qualities but can't score. I think. I mean, you look at. I think right now Arsenal have that right now with Pepe. Pepe is a very exciting player on the ball. Um, but he doesn't have his finishing boots quite yet or hasn't really found them in the Premier League. But, hey, it doesn't matter. If you can dribble around players and set up goals, which is what Pepe has done so far for Arsenal, then I, I don't think it matters. I think a goal is a goal. Yeah, and I think you know contributing to, to your team's victory um, in whatever way you can is, is good. Um, the big thing in this one, Man City, two shots on target out of 18 attempts. That's, that's bad. Uh, Wolverhampton also had two shots on target. So, um, I, 
I know that uh, City have had some uh, injuries defensively, but a center back pairing of Nicholas Otamendi and Fernandinho has got to you know signal a nightmare for you. That's that's a little bit rough. Yeah, but again, City City is a team. They have twenty seven goals. You know that they're they're eight points behind Liverpool. They've scored seven more goals than them this season. Yeah. Um, They're scoring, but not at the right at the right time, apparently. Right. So I think I mean I think with with City, their their strength has never really been the defensive side. They've been solid enough defensively, but their their attack has been so good. Um, so I think it's more disappointing from an attacking standpoint. They were unable to get any goals against Wolves, and and credit to um, to Wolves, an absolutely incredible performance, especially coming off a. A Thursday game, not only a Thursday game, a game where they snatched a late win and extra or stoppage time. Very impressive, and yeah, like you said, they're they're back on track. All right, let's uh, let's get to another Manchester loss. This one away from home. Uh, Newcastle United won. Manchester United nil. One uh, win in the last five. Matthew Longstaff with a. First time goal outside the box, a unbelievable win for a bad Newcastle United team. Their last match, they lost five nil to Leicester. Um, yeah, they are now. It's incredible. It's incredible yeah. that that they've that they've gotten uh, all three points here. Yeah, and they're now out of the relegation zone. I mean, they're only safe by one point. Um, I think we're going to see them fall back into that, but I think it's more of a testament to how poor this United situation is. Um, what? So what was going on? Who was out for them? What was going on with the lineup? Because I didn't see exactly what the lineup was, but I saw that people... Twitter was losing its mind yeah. over the lineup that, that Ali Gunnar Solskjaer picked against this, this Newcastle side. Um, so there's no... Uh, Lindelof, no Juan Bissaka, no, uh, I mean, Martial, he's been out for a little, uh, quite some time now. No Paul Pogba. So, you got a right, back go. four, that, a, a center back pairing of Harry Maguire and Axel Tuenzebe. Um, and like center back. Yeah. Oh my. And gosh. Harry Maguire is. Play Matic at center back. <laughs> Harry Maguire, uh, had the chance to put United in the lead, a free header in the six-yard box, and put it wide. Um, and not that defenders are always great goal scorers, but when you pay that much for one, you'd hope that in that position he can he can figure it out. But uh, clearly... In, insane. I mean, so Angel Gomez and Nemanja Matic, both, both unused on the bench exciting youngster and a, a, a veteran player um, who's won the Premier League. Uh, but, like, yeah, I don't even I don't even know. These are the, the substitutions were Mason Greenwood, Marcus Rojo, and Tahith Chong. Yeah. Um, this, this team, it's weird because they spe- they've spent a lot of – did they spend a lot of money this, this summer? Because it doesn't look like it. They spent a whole lot of money on Maguire, on Juan Bissaka – and Daniel, and Daniel James. James. Oh my gosh! To think that Manchester United—nothing against McTominay because he's a bright young player—but they their midfield pivot is Fred and Scott McTominay. Yeah, that's uh, pretty pretty brutal. 
Um, he lost to Newcastle, which was playing a 5-4-1. Yeah, and the, the two central midfielders, Sean and Matthew Longstaff. Sean Longstaff was actually nearly bought by Manchester United, and this was Matthew Longstaff's debut, and he gets the winning goal against United. That's it, Can you really draw it up any better than that? How can you lose to a team that's starting two Longstaffs? Yeah. With a combined number total. Of 79. Listen, man, I don't... I don't make the rules. How long... How long does Ollie have left? Um... They sit in 12th, but that's only two points above the drop zone. Um, nine points through eight games. They have only scored nine goals this season. Um... This is their... I mean, probably their worst start to a season in... I don't know, I feel like every year United, there's a stat that says that. <laughs> yeah. Or it's like, even when they're good, it's like, oh, and then like a new manager will come and do good to start and then do poor. And it's like, oh, guys, just so you know, through the same amount of games, they have uh, one less point than uh, David Moyes. Yeah. So, <laughs> how long does Ollie have? Christmas, maybe? Uh, Where do they need to be at Christmas for him to keep his job? What part of the table... How far, how many points below uh, fourth? Like, uh, what does he need to do in order to turn this around? It's, I mean, right now they're within five points of fourth place. That's what's so weird. Like, you know, you see Wolverhampton yeah, two jumping up the tail. I know, I know. Um, it's. I, I say they would need to be within five points by the halfway point. So, so they need to stick, they need to be... A, yeah, I mean, I, I think if they are five points from fourth by Christmas, they, they're they not going to be as low as 12th. They'll be no. a little bit higher up. Because yeah. um, the, the, the table yeah. really doesn't take great shape um, up until that, that halfway point of the season. Yeah, it's just, I mean, what it was interesting, like what Lee, I mean, Lee Dixon, I heard him on, he was he was a guest on the Two Robbies podcast. Okay. And he was talking about it, and he was just baffled as to why they hired him when they did because they didn't have to like they could have hired him at the end of the season but they gave him the job before the end of last season without ever seeing how he did in a poor run of form you know they never saw that he got hired and then the poor run of form came and that we we have yet to see him because as a manager you need to be able to get your team out of these situations he hasn't done it yet and it's just kind of crazy that they didn't even you know, just wait till the end of the season. There's nothing wrong with waiting until the end of the season. Um, just to see, like, I I mean, I don't know. Well, I, I don't know what the thought process was there. Because what, what did they have to lose if they waited to the end of the season? Did they have Because what is it? They lose, oh, we're going to miss out on maybe Pochettino will sign an extension with Spurs. But, like, you missed out on that opportunity by hiring this guy in the first place. Yeah. Um, it's definitely weird, but, like... If if Pochettino gets the sack at Spurs, if they give him the boot, which I think would be a bad decision on their part, um, quite honestly, then Manchester United would be more inclined to uh, say goodbye to a, a, a legend um, in Ali Gunnar Solskjaer. Now, I know that he, he's made his legend status in his playing days, um, but... Still, that's it would take that for them to really push him out the door, um, prematurely at least. 
Yeah. An- another interesting point that was made on that episode uh, of the two Robbies was they talked about they were talking about Brendan Rogers, who we'll get to. Um, they were talking about the possibility of like say a team like Tottenham or a team like United or say Arsenal part ways with Emery this season, um, and they go for the Braj. Does he? leave Leicester and go to one of these big clubs or does he see this through, see this project with Leicester through and it's like, I mean, the reason it's kind of interesting too is I was thinking about this watching the game is like Harry Maguire left Leicester to go to the big club Manchester United and Leicester's in the top four and Manchester United are in 12. Yeah. It's it's a funny one. We'll see if if United improve their form um, going, going forward but they, they they need to score goals. They they don't have enough goals in the squad. It doesn't make sense. I've said it time and time again. I'm not a huge fan of Romelu Lukaku, but you have to um you have to replace a guy like that. If yeah. if you're gonna Rashford, allow him to leave, you need to yeah. you need to put someone in there to replace him. Yeah, I think Rashford's bright, but I think he's better he's better for your team. Um if you have a solid striker up top that he can either partner with or he'll play out wide and sort of cut in, and then you have like two two strikers up top that are really trying to score. It's going to be rough because they play United, they play Liverpool next. Yeah, and you need uh, um, you need Martial to be healthy as well because they can kind of interchange. They both play either from the left or from the center. Yeah. So yeah, that's the biggest thing I think with Mar- Martial being out is has really really hit them. I mean. There's been so much talk on Twitter recently about about Rashford. Tammy Abraham for Chelsea is one goal away from equaling Rashford's highest goal tally in the Premier League. That's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, let's uh, <laughs> let's take a step over to Tottenham. Uh, they lost three nil to Brightonham. It Brightonham. <laughs> Did I say Brightonham? Oh my you god. said Brightonham. I oh my god. Brighton and Hove Albion. Ooh, I really should have had that Red Bull before we started, man. Um, yeah, well, I'm swallowing my coffee into the mic, so. Yeah. <laughs> Tottenham, I just got your... Tottenham and Brighton. 3-0 Brighton. Brighton had scored one goal in their previous four Premier League games and then put up a three-spot at the Amex. Uh, Third-minute goal, uh, which was... A gift from Hugo Lloris. Um, and we can say that it was a howler because it he gifted them the goal before he fell and dislocated his elbow. Ugh. But that was disgusting. I didn't I'm glad I did not get a good good view of what, what happened to his elbow. He fall he just falls back and obviously puts his arms down and one of his arms just gives out. Ugh. And you think that you're like, ah, oh, he's his career's over. He's out until at least January. We'll see um, how much they they you know were dramatic with the announcement. Oh, he's out for the year, but they only mean the calendar year. Um, so, like, ah, <laughs> oh, he, he's not going to train until twenty twenty. I'm like, eh, calm down, guys. Fucking eight weeks away. Um, it's like an ankle sprain. Relax. Um, but that that was an absolute gift from Larice. Um, you know, put it right on a platter for a easy. Easy tap in, um, and then two goals from Aaron Connolly, uh, one in the first half and one in the second half, and Brighton have 
this, this was an incredible start to the weekend. A, a, a huge shock. Yeah, and for me, like, these type of games are always fun when something big like that happens in those games because, like, that game started at 4.30. <laughs> so I woke up, I think it was, like, I woke up at one point, I think it was, like, almost 6 o'clock or a little after 6 o'clock. I was like, oh, let me check the score. So let's see if uh, let's see if Brighton are beating Tottenham. And they were. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, in most cases, like, I worked on Saturday, so I was uh... – I was up and I had it on in the background, but in most cases, if the Saturday match is a big six club against a club who you think is probably going to um, be closer to the drop zone than anything, I usually am not waking up to to make sure I see that one. No. Um, and uh, especially, I, and I'm quite honestly never in the mood to wake up early to watch Spurs, whether or not I think they're going to lose, because... I always think they're going to win because it's just how I am. I think every team that I dislike is going to win every game they play. I still think Spurs are winning the league. Dude, I predicted. Yeah, I, that's I a that's that. a rough prediction. Yeah. That's not looking great. The year. No, it's looking very poor. Three wins, two draws, three losses for Tottenham. Their road form is like that of Arsenal a couple seasons ago. Where they just yeah, could I mean, not th- pick up points. Three three losses is how much title winners lose. Yeah. All season. You know, like that's I think what Liverpool Liverpool didn't win the league last year, they had one loss. Um I think I don't know, City might have had two or something like that. Like that's just Chelsea when they won had three. Well Man City so Man City won the league last year with four losses. Which is kind of a lot, but they had very minimal draws. Um, and you look at the year before, two losses for Man City. And then, you know, like, it's 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 very... Chelsea ended up actually with five losses the year they, they won the title. So, like, they're very close to that point where it's like, if you have title aspirations, you can't really lose any more games. No. You're pretty much... You need a 30-match unbeaten run to get close and you probably still won't um even if you're able to pull that off um so we're saying you you asked me you asked me how long does ollie have how long does potch have i don't know it's the thing is it feels like potch if he's gonna go i don't even think it's gonna be him i think it's gonna be one of those like mutual agreement type things he's like "I, i i want out and the club allows them to go. I don't know when that's going to happen. I don't think that's something that normally happens in the season. Um, I, 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 I don't think him. I don't think I've seen a big six club in recent years lack as much confidence like Tottenham. Ten goals allowed in in one week. Yeah, I mean, it just they used to be such a strong defensive side. Mm-hmm. Like Tottenham was a team they they could lose to Bayern easily, but like. They wouldn't give up seven goals to do so. No. Um, you know, and th- they had that magical run last year in the Champions League with some big comebacks. And and with every result that we see this season, that seems like more of a fluke. Yeah, I, I think it's just... I, I, I don't know... It seems weird, because a lot of times you see, like, the players... There's a disconnect between the players and the manager. 
it doesn't necessarily feel like that. It feels kind of like the manager and the players both have a disconnect with the club. Like they both want to leave. Like they don't like, they're not as happy as they could be where they're at. And they think that maybe it's time to move on to new challenges. I think that's where Poch is. I think that's where some of his big players are. Um, so it's a weird situation. I don't necessarily think he's lost the dressing room. Um, I don't know. I just, it's, it's, I don't know if the club is, I think Poch has been handling the players fine. I think the club is, is not handling them properly. It's going to be, uh, they need to come back from this international break mm-hmm. and win convincingly. They're going up against a Watford side who is not very good, and it's a home a home match. So if they don't win that game by like two goals, the confidence is just going to be lower and lower, and the following Sunday they go to Anfield. That's the thing. I think. I mean, I don't think they need to necessarily beat Watford by that many goals. I mean, I think they need to... If they beat Watford, I think that's good. It'll be relieving, and then they need to put up a strong performance against against Liverpool, I think. Cause it, but you're right. They are going to Anfield, so that, that might be a loss already set in stone, almost. So, like, they might need, if anything, they want any sort of chance against Liverpool, they need to comprehensively beat Watford and sort of just be to- get their their confidence back and be totally up for this Liverpool game. Yeah. Um, and like, they, they, they went out, they, they got, uh, Ndombele who at times has looked good. And at other times has looked piss poor. Um, they did not, there's Jared drinking his coffee into the microphone again. Um, I'm so far away from the mic. They did not really, they didn't, improve in every area needed defensively they lack Serge Aurier is has been terrible and with him suspended it was Musa Sissoko at right back Um, Ben Davis was at left back Um, Danny Rose didn't uh, didn't get on in this one Um, so I just I understand that they spent money after, you know, a couple transfer windows of not doing anything. But it doesn't seem like they spent money in the right areas. Um and they didn't and they didn't deal with the squad. It they uh, Pochettino says he has no say over the players. Um which for a manager to come out and say that is a little bit worrying. Um but he's also got a it, he, does he not have any input on sales either? If if he's going to go to his board and say, listen, I I have players in the squad that don't want to be here. It's going to make this a toxic dressing room. It's gonna, The atmosphere is, within the club is going to be toxic. We need to let the players move on if if they don't want to be here. Um, And that just hasn't happened. Yeah, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be... Uh, kind of like what, uh, what happened with Antonio Conte, I think. It's going to be like this all season. It's going to be a struggle. They're going to climb back up the table, finish competently somewhere. Maybe if it, maybe they might even sneak in. I don't know. If they can get to a good run, maybe they get top four. They might end up finishing fifth or sixth, and then they're going to part ways. Um, and Pochettino's going to go elsewhere. Uh, I think that's a real possibility. I think that's, it has a similar feel to that, because that's what Conte was doing in his second season, where it was like, look, I have no say over this. You know, I they didn't bring the players that I wanted. 
Um, and, you know, and some of the players that he did want didn't really perform that well either. So, I mean, it, it, I think it's, it's, it's gearing towards that. But, of course, it's, a, it's an early season. They still, they're on 11 points. They're only, you know, if one of the top four or top four or five, like Leicester and Chelsea, say they, lose, they drop points and then Tottenham get a win, they're right up in that, in that conversation again. Um, but they need to, they need to uh, bounce back because it's, it's, th- these are bad losses. This is very much, you know, losing seven to two isn't just oh you you lost a disappoint. It was a disappointing result against a, a, a solid team, or and then losing to Brighton. It, it it feels very much like Antonio Conte's second year, where Chelsea like lost four one to Watford and then lost to three nil to Bournemouth. You know what I mean? It feels mm-hmm. very much like that. Two bad losses. These aren't just l- dropping points. These are these are bad losses. They're, they're um, embarrassing. Yeah. They're um, confidence crushing it for a team that didn't have much confidence going into them. Yeah. So it, it'll be interesting to see, but that, that, that's what it sort of feels like for me. And at the end of the day, it might end up being better for both parties to part ways. Not just because not because Pochettino isn't the right man for that job, or he's not a competent enough coach but you know if people aren't happy it's not the best way to 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 move forward all right well let's uh let's move on now liverpool to leicester city one uh the foxes go to anfield brendan Rodgers returns to anfield and nearly pulls off a result we talked last week saying that this feels like um in the you know few the next few games for liverpool this felt like the game that they would drop points Mm -hmm. um or at least the chance, the chances to drop points the most out of the next few fixtures, um, and they, they came so close. Sadio Mane in the 40th minute, James Madison in the 80th minute gets the equalizer, and you think, all right, the points are all three points aren't going to Liverpool, and then a 95th minute penalty from boring James Milner, and Liverpool man of the match, Liverpool. Uh, take all three points home. That ball to Sadio Mane in the first half for that goal was absolutely incredible. He takes yeah. a well-positioned Johnny Evans completely out of the game. Yeah, I mean, I was tw- I was tweeting, I was tweeting all over that game. I was having so much fun. Why? Because <laughs> I think I what like I tweeted about that ball. So that's an amazing ball from James Milner. Um, and then I think so after he scored. Some football account on Twitter was tweeting about, like, which player would you rather have, Suarez or Torres in their prime? And I quoted it from our account, and I said, James Miller. Man just wins. He just And when he scores... Wherever, he, wherever he, he plays. Yeah. He's going to be one of those... Yeah, he's going to be he's one of those underappreciated... I mean, he doesn't have the talent of, like, say... You know, like a Frank Lampard or a Steven Gerrard, but he has been so successful as an English midfielder in the Premier League, and it, you can't deny that. Um, it's just, yeah. Well, he might get that. He might get another title this year. I mean, I, how, how many did he win? Did he win one or two with City? Um, let's do some research, my man. Let's see. Um, I want to say it was just one, but I could be wrong. Let's, see, um, let's look at his trophy. Let's look at his trophy cabinet. Okay, it says three Ballon d'Ors. <laughs> um, uh, he has two two Premier Leagues with City: 2011-2012 and 2013-14. Um, he has an FA Cup. He has a League Cup. 
He has a community shield. He has a Champions League. He has a Super Cup. Um, and then, of course, man, he was the runner-up in the Europa League in 2015-16. That's a big one to talk about. Oh, uh, yeah. Not but, everyone can do that. So... Two He's FA Cups, be, a I League mean, Cup, two Premier Leagues, and a Champions League. I'll take it. It's crazy. Yeah, compare like compare him to you know the other, the other guy in that squad that's similar to him, which is Jordan Henderson. He's had a better career than Jordan Henderson, and Jordan Henderson's like the guy for Liverpool because he's been their their captain for so long. But they just have low key James Milner just hanging in that squad who's had a a more storied career than, than Hendo. Yeah, and uh, Milner, you know, has been all around English football. Uh, has played at several different clubs, but uh, several different positions. Yeah, plays like midfield, play left back, midfield, left wing, winger, midfield. He, you know, um, he, left midfield was where he, he was at for a while. He played fullback when uh, uh, Alberto Moreno uh, was playing, like Alberto Moreno. Yeah, it wasn't even like an injury. It was just yeah. like you're Alberto Moreno, yeah. so we need to play James Milner here. Yeah, out of so, position. Like, youth career started at Leeds. He was. Um, in the senior team from 2002 to 2004 with a loan in 2003 to Swindon. He played for Newcastle for four years. Um, he was on loan to Villa in one of those years. Then he was signed permanently for Villa for uh, two seasons, five seasons at City, and he's been at Liverpool since 2015. Yeah. Solid career. Yeah. And, you know... Cold-blooded penalty. And at Liverpool, and- he scored... He scored more goals for Liverpool than he has for any other, any other club. Quite impressive. We should talk about we should talk a bit about Leicester though. Because I mean, like looking at no thanks. I was, <laughs> I was quite impressed with Chelsea's performance against Liverpool, especially in the second half. They went down two 0 but they scored. They got a goal back, and they were really the better team in that second half. But that was at home. You look at the team right above them in the table, team that outplayed them at Stamford Bridge in the second half when they played them. Leicester goes to Anfield, concedes one in the first half. I mean, it's it's Liverpool. They're they're so good. Um, but they get a goal back, and they, they level it, and they look like they're going to be um, – uh, they're going to get a point from it. Of course, they have that heartbreaking defeat, but that is such an impressive performance for this Leicester team. They are going to be a tough uh, nut to crack uh, tough team to really to to be in this in this top four race. Yeah. Um, the the thing that st- stands out to me in this game is they went to Anfield, Leicester City, and they didn't back down. Possession, you know, usually even against big big clubs, Liverpool will have more possession, especially at home. They only had fifty fifty point seven percent, so they just edged Leicester City. Um, uh, but Leicester City did only put that one shot on target. That goal was their only shot on target, um, and they only had one other shot total throughout the match. So they had an even amount of the ball, really, but Leicester were not creating enough, but they were solid enough at the back that it that it was okay. And Casper Schmeichel had a great game in goal. Um, really hard done by, uh, by the late penalty. I do think it was the right call to give the penalty. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of people were calling it a dive. I mean, I think he might he might have embellished it a little bit, but like he goes through his ankles. Yeah, it's that's it's a bad challenge from Albrighton. It's as simple as that. Um, and it was, I mean, it was unlucky. He 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 tracks back, wins the ball, 
Um, but it just gets a little bit away from him, and Mane is so good in the box, uh, just grabs hold of it again, takes it back, and um, you know I think Albrighton is the victim of his own hustle because he, you know, you have to contain yourself in that situation. But he's like running, he, you know, he's tracking all the way back, makes an interception, but then loses it. But he's still going for it, and it just wasn't the right time for him to do that. Um, so they'll be disappointed there. I mean, Sadio Mane. I mean. They're having a having a good season. The big thing about Liverpool this year, worth compared to last year, is last year they were defensively strong, but not all the guys, not all their front three were really firing on all cylinders at the same time. But it feels like that's kind of different this year. Uh, who's the like rank their top rank their front three? Because I feel like that's the it's so hard to rank their front three. I think because Sal is the guy who gets the most goals. Firmino feels like he's a catalyst for the front three with assists and, and, and goals of his own. And then and Mane, Mane feels that. like he's always scoring the important goals. Right. Mane, like it's hard for me to it's hard for me to say that Mane isn't the best uh of the front three on this team. It, it's but that's why they're so good, because all three of them you could you can easily make a case that they are the most important to that team. I think that uh, <laughs> I think it's Bobby Chompers. I think he's the most important to the Liverpool front three. Um, Which is, it kind of feels like when he first came to Liverpool, I don't think we could have ever expected him to to be that. No. I thought he was solid. I thought he was was a very good striker, but I did not think that he was going to be as much of a playmaker from that number nine position as he is. Mm -hmm. Um, It definitely does help that he's got two speedy wingers that are clinical to run in behind. Um that you know that that certainly helps but i think if you take if you replace Firmino with this out of this front 3 that's that's when you you see the biggest drop off for liverpool um i think they could be successful without Sadio Mane but still like i said like they all three players are incredible yeah all three players are going to be in the top or in the top 10 for if you wanted to take a, you know, pick like a, a Premier League all-star team. Yeah. They might, that might be the front three. Um, yeah, it's that hard guy. to argue against that. Yeah, I mean, and if you do, if you put anyway, if you put in a Sergio Aguero, you know, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, you know, you put Raheem Sterling up there, Harry Kane, you're going, it's going to be, oh, wow, you're like, this person missed out. Like, it's a snub yeah. for this player. And it's, I mean, it would be a snub for any of those other players that we throw in there, too. But, like, yeah, like, you, it's it's hard to take any of those three guys out. I think, I think with, what's the point gap right now on the table? Uh, Liverpool have 24 eight. points, City 16. So, eight points already through eight games. Honestly, let's just sit back and watch and enjoy Liverpool's title winning season. Um, let's enjoy watching this front three play together because it's not going to be forever that um, that they're this dominant. So let's let's enjoy it while we have it. Um, neither of our our teams are going to challenge for the title, let alone uh, you know, or none of them are going to win the title, let alone challenge for it. Um, we're we're going to be stuck back in a top four race. So let's just enjoy this Jurgen Klopp Liverpool side while it's. Uh, while they're doing this because it's it's fun to watch um when you get past it's the, the, I mean it's, it's the best it's the best start to any Premier League season 
based on what I'm looking at right now. It, it, you can't. They, they have the most. Haven't, dro- mean, haven't dropped a point. You know, like it's. Yeah, the only one better would be Chelsea's 2005-2006 season with 24 points, but a 16 plus 16 goal difference compared to Liverpool's plus 14. And then there's a bunch of teams like Man City with 22, Man City again in 2011 with 22, Arsenal, you know, 405 with 22 with a 19 goal difference. Um, Newcastle United 94-95, another 22 pointer, and then 2014-15, 2012-2013 Chelsea also. Which is insane because they finished. They I think they dropped out of the top four, or something like that. At this season, they started their season after winning the Champions League with twenty two points. Um, and then and that was the only points they picked up all year. That was it. Yeah, they got relegated. <laughs> um, since time in the Championship, was, and I think they finished third that year. I don't. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it's not. Google isn't letting me check that. And uh, that season. Let's just look real quick at the rest of the results from the weekend. Burnley beat Everton 1-0 at Turf Moor. Marco Silva, his time seems like it's running out. Uh, Aston Villa destroyed Norwich 5-1. I already mentioned the Watford-Sheffield United 0-0 draw. Palace win a London derby, a comeback win 2-1 away to West Ham. And then on Sunday, it was Arsenal 1-0 over Bournemouth. Chelsea beat Southampton four goals to one. Christian Pulisic comes on as a sub and gets an assist. Um, good to see that. Um, and uh, now we head into an international break. But before, you know, we're, we're gonna we did get Nick's betting picks, but we're gonna save those until next this next week because right, I did we got, not realize I forgot we got nothing this weekend. International break, yeah. We got nothing this weekend. So uh, I will say that he he's what placing two dollars down to win a possible $2,005.99. So you won't want to miss Nick's betting bonanza picks next week. Um, does he know? Okay, I was going to say, does he know we can pick draws? He is one draw picked. Listen, you don't mess with it, man. You know, he's he's been so accurate never that he's just so got to con- Yeah, what's I don't know the what the first thought- match? I don't know. It, so, okay, so Everton-West Ham. I think he has West Ham winning, so that's going to be a draw. You know Everton's going to gonna somehow come out with that. but Nick is the only person who can make Everton win by betting against him. Exactly. Um, well, that that seems to be just about all we have for this week. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at FootyAdo. Um, like, rate, review, subscribe to our podcast on any platform that you listen to, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Anchor, or one of the five others that we're on. Um, and Jared, as always, pardon le French. <laughs>